0: you look at what Lee said, uh, he's attempting to play both sides here by saying that, yes, Joe Biden won the Electoral College, but this movie raises some questions about what happened in certain states.
1: Good morning and welcome back to The Daily Buzz. I'm Palak Jaiswal, your host. First up, politics reporter Brian Schott speaks about Senator Mike Lee's recent visit on C-SPAN, where he tacitly endorsed a conspiracy-fueled film, 2,000 Mules.
2: I made sure to use the term President Biden four times there. Would you agree with her assessment that he's an illegitimate president? No, President Biden is the president of the United States. He was elected. I was there when the electoral votes were opened and counted. Um, The election that matters, the election that determines the outcome of the presidency is, of course, the Electoral College. Now, I I did see the movie 2,000 Mules, and uh, that movie does raise significant questions as to what might have happened in that election. I think those are questions that need to be answered, and I'd love to get the the, the president's response to it and, and response to it an explanation for why certain things happen. But it's important to point out... There is a difference between uh, the, the possibility that um, some cheating may have occurred and whether or not he's the legitimate president. The president of the United States is chosen by the Electoral College. The uh, count, the opening and the counting of the Electoral College votes uh, resulted in a, in a clear victory for Joe Biden. That doesn't mean bad things didn't happen along the way, but he is the president. Okay, Brian, so we've just heard that clip.
3: Let's unpack it a little bit. Can you tell me what 2,000 Mules is?
0: So 2,000 Mules is a movie from conservative commentator Dinesh D'Souza, and it claims to unpack this sweeping conspiracy that nonprofit groups paid people to collect ballots in five states And that's where it gets the number 2000 from. And they collected ballots and then dropped them off in ballot boxes. And the way they go about this is they use anonymized geolocation data from cell phones. I don't know how they got it, but apparently it's fairly easy to get this stuff. Then they watched how many times these cell phones went near these ballot boxes. If you look at analyses of what happened uh, of the film, uh, that's a very flawed assumption um, because uh, they're not sure who these people are who dropped off the, ba- the, the ballots, whether they even dropped off ballots because the geolocation data is only accurate to like within 12 feet. So they could have been within 12 feet of a ballot box, but never gone near it. Uh, That's one of the big problems. D'Souza has said that this geolocation data is so accurate that it helps solve a murder. That's not true at all. People have looked into that. Also, uh, the film suggests that surveillance videos of people dropping off ballots is evidence of fraud. And that's not the case. They don't know whose ballots they were dropping off. For instance, in Georgia, it's illegal to turn in a ballot that's not your own, but you can do it for family members and if you're a caretaker. So, you know, there's there, there there's a lot of leaps of faith that are being made in this film that, that just aren't backed up by what D'Souza has.
3: In regards to the geolocation, a lot of these drop boxes are at libraries or city halls, which are places that people might be going to multiple times. Anyway, just in full disclosure, I haven't seen the movie. Brian, I understand you have seen the movie. Yes,
0: I have watched it. And that's probably 90 minutes of my life that I'm never going to get back.
3: So there's some problems with it. It seems like a deeply flawed premise. In fact, checked several times by New York Times, Reuters. They all found serious problems with this film. I would say the best
0: debunking is Philip Bump in the Washington Post. And he actually later had a long conversation with D'Souza about some of the questions that he has about the film. And it's very telling. Uh, and, And that's probably the best analysis. How about there?
3: So Lee's comments today, it seems like Republican lawmakers, when they're asked about the legitimacy of the 2020 election, they always open by saying, Joe Biden is the legitimate president. And that's what Lee says here. What does the rest of his statement tell us?
0: Well, I I would say that not all of them say that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. They will say things like Joe Biden is the president. And and Lee's doing a little bit of of, of a rhetorical trick here, saying that Joe Biden won the electoral college. Uh, That does not address anything about these unfounded claims of election fraud that are central to former President Donald Trump's narrative uh, as to why he lost the 2020 election. And if you re, and, and, and if you look at what Lee said, uh, he's attempting to play both sides here by saying that yes, Joe Biden won the electoral college, but this movie raises some questions about what happened in certain states. And that's where you get down to the questions of ballot fraud, of election fraud, that there's just no evidence to support. This is becoming orthodoxy in the Republican Party that there was fraud in the 2020 election, even though there's absolutely no evidence to support that.
3: All right, Brian Schott, thank you for your reporting on this. Sure, thanks.
1: Next, Tribune columnist Robert Gerkey discusses his reporting on Utah's medical marijuana industry and why the state isn't testing marijuana flour for potential disease causing contaminants.
4: An issue that arises when you're dealing with marijuana in general and medical marijuana. In particular, is that the plant tends to have a lot of bacteria uh, and 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 fungus on it. It's a sticky, moist plant, and so you get this growth on it. Um, so, for typically, the state had been testing for things like E. coli, Salmonella, and several kinds of mold that can be harmful to uh, to consumers in particular patients who are immunocompromised and so um, they had been doing that for a little over a year but in april of 2021 they suspended that testing because they said they couldn't get the pipette tips that they need this is a, a, to to run the tests and so they suspended the testing for the past 13 months they haven't been testing it and and the problem that arises there is there's no way to really know if there are these contaminants, these potentially dangerous contaminants on the, the plants that are being sold to consumers and consumers who are in many cases immunocompromised, whether it be with cancer, HIV, AIDS, uh, or or other diseases that uh, uh, impede their immune system. So um, the state has said they recently got a shipment of these uh, pipette tips that they need i hope to be resuming it soon uh the director of the state lab said that he thinks that the the program the kind of testing they're doing currently is adequate uh, that there's not posing an imminent risk to consumers um but they do say that if you if you have a, a product that is that is suspect or you have problems with a product that you can um file a complaint with the uh with the uh with the state they also encourage you know people to talk to their doctors if especially if they have a compromised immune system and get advice on on uh how to use the product safely
1: if you haven't caught my colleague stephanie russell's story about a lehi based chocolate shop that removed two product names of chocolates nephite and laminite after complaints of racism you can read it now on sltrib.com And that's all today for The Daily Buzz. A huge shout out to the Salt Lake City band, The Pelicans, for our great music, and to Danny Rubio for producing this episode.